Hello, and welcome back to the Girls Chase podcast. I'm Varun Raja, and today I present a special interview I had with Hector Castillo, one of the authors on Girls Chase who was recognized fairly early on on the boards for his highly advanced learning, and over the course of a year, transitioned into writing articles discussing the detailed dynamics in seduction. With a broad experience level, both in college game and in working in clubs, today we present the art of social circle seduction, as well as elements within this style that make it remarkably different and fun from other means of attracting women into our lives. Hi, Hector. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, man. How are you? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing very good. All right. So Hector Castillo is one of the preeminent writers on Girls Chase, discovering it back in late 2013, where he became an avid participant on the field report section of the boards, going from a relative novice to one of the highest ranked members, very, very quickly, relatively speaking. And today, I uh, really want to talk about social circle game what social circle means, what it is, you know, and how we can become better men and better people within that system. So, Hector, what is a social circle game exactly? Uh, at its heart, social circle game is a status game. Right. It's uh, people bannering around their value, knowing each other, building an image of each other in their minds, and sort of reaping the benefits of, you know, the actions that they sow over time. Right. And what does that imply exactly? Like, what are some of the things that people, you know, like mindsets that people have about this, that why they do what they do? Yeah. So it's basically a value exchange and people are constantly seeking to get more value at the most basic level and to, well, not many people know that you should be contributing a lot of value. The main prerogative of social circle game is to get as much value as you can, you know, the most girls, the most friends, the best reputation, as vaporous as that is, the best image that they could project out to the world. That's what people are constantly thirsting for in a social circle environment. So in a way, it's about maintaining your image and uh, really fostering that to gain reputation and to gain recognition by those around you. Yeah, certainly. Your reputation is purely practical. A lot of people get caught up in it being something in and of itself, but that's a very uh, low-level paradigm. Really, once you start to understand social circle, you begin to see how reputation is purely practical. Which means that you know, if reputation and social circle are so inextricably linked, then uh, discretion in terms of deduction must be of essence as well within social circle. Absolutely. Discretion and subtlety are very big parts of it, even though I myself am not a very subtle person. <laughs> yeah, I guess it goes with your own personality. <laughs> exactly. So you uh, use that to your own advantage. Anyway, I mean, that's very different from cold approach, right? Because in, in cold approach, when we approach a woman on the street, for example, or in the subway or at a cafe, if something doesn't go right or, you know, the way you, you intended it to, there's not really much as men we have to lose, right? I mean, we can just almost say whatever we want, and then the next thing we know, that girl's probably forgotten about it or it's made for a good story or a funny story or a memorable story, and perhaps the same for us. And that seems to be the very different case in Social Circle, I'd assume. Oh. What do you have to say about that? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, cold approach, you know, your kind of nervous approach or your 
clumsy clothes will be forgotten. She'll probably even forget about it later that day because so many men are coming into her lives. But with a woman who is in your social circle, one sentence of yours can be remembered for years. One action of yours can be remembered for four or five years. I mean, I've had instances where girls have told me, oh, I remember when you did this. And it was my freshman year when I was a senior. And it's still fresh in their mind. And it still uh, affects their view of me. So everything that you do is constantly building this this tower that you call you. Right. So how does that reputation factor like play into into this, you know, people obviously still want to sleep with each other and in social circle it seems that people do end up sleeping with each other or make advances towards each other. How does that look to be done and what works discreetly within social circle? Okay, yeah. Obviously, we're still humans, and we all want to fuck each other's brains out. So what makes a girl decide that she wants to sleep with you in a social circle situation is, obviously, first of all, is she attracted to you? Second of all, are the logistics right? You know, can we go somewhere? And that's tied to discretion. Because if you're at a party and you're talking and uh, you're kind of new to the scene, she doesn't want to just sleep with you immediately because then she'll be known as the girl who just sleeps with the new hot guy in the group. So, you know, are you going to get her number and text her later and meet up? Are you going to take her to the back room? Or are you going to make out with her in front of everyone? She's constantly considering all of the variables and they always lead back to her reputation. If reputation wasn't a concern, women would sleep with people left and right. You know, am I attracted? Boom, right, I'll bend right. over and take it. So she's going to think, what kind of image am I going to project by sleeping with him? If he's new, that's actually a very good advantage. And this is why women will usually sleep with men very quickly outside of their social circle. It's because he's kind of a, a tabula rasa, a blank slate. He could be anything. And if he comes off as this very charming, smooth, sociable guy, she thinks, oh, he's going to be a, a top dog in the social circle. Let me go ahead and get him now. And then hopefully when he gets higher in the ranks, I'm his girl. Or at least I will be tied to his reputation, even if I'm not going to be his girlfriend. And so your reputation is – it's sort of like a tandem bike. She's jumping on the bike with you and you're both going to reap the uh, rewards or the punishments of your actions together to other people's views. Like how they see it happening, they're going to respond to whether you guys were – quiet about it, whether you guys did it in front of everyone, and that's going to say things about you. That's going to show that you're unabashed about your behavior, that you're very reckless, that you're uh -huh. very bold, and that could okay. be good in many ways. It depends what she's looking for. So, like I said, it's always, what is your reputation going to rebound? How is it going to rebound off of her reputation, and how are they going to synthesize together? Because once you two are in union, you're kind of thought as a item piece. Even if it's just for one night, people are always thinking in pairs. Obviously, right, it's a man right. and a woman. They're always, and they're also always looking to gossip about, you know, who's hooking up with who and when that happened and all the saucy details that we all talk about. It's exactly. almost like a soap opera. Oh, <laughs> it is definitely a soap opera. Yes, very much so. Yeah, and uh, more to your point, it seems that no matter what the playground is, really, the fundamentals are at the core essence of of still like who, who we are as men and who we need to be to be attractive to women. I know that you always talk about, you know, having good fundamentals. What does that look like for you? And how does that help you in social circle as well as just in general? Yeah, well, fundamentals are, for the most part, 
the key to most guys' successes. I mean, if you go into any social circle and you see the guy who has the girls paying more attention to him than anyone, the guys paying more attention to these people, you'll notice that they're very relaxed. They're constantly smiling, or at least they don't seem upset. You know, some guys play the cool guy role, but they always, they're getting attention. And by people giving them that attention, they're actually getting something in return. And what that return is, is their vibe, their fundamentals, and sometimes their game. So they're standing confidently, moving slowly, moving deliberately. Their attention is worth something. They don't just throw it around. They give it to people. And when they give it, it means something. When they look at someone, that person can feel it. They feel rewarded for having that person's attention. And so they crave it and they seek it. And that's what attention is. And that's how social proof builds up and how pre-selection builds up, depending on if it's men or women who are giving him attention. And so in this case, the alpha male literally is the alpha male and also gets the attention of all the attractive women in the group and perhaps even out of the group. Yeah, there's very rarely the single alpha, I'm the best of the best. It's always oscillating. No one ever stays at the top of the uh, the mound forever. The crown is always okay. moving. But for the most part, there is a group of guys who are getting most of the attention. Yes. Interesting. Right. And then this happens, obviously, because you've built your status. And you've also, in terms of deduction, proven that you're a discreet guy that doesn't, you know blatantly and overtly talk about all the women in the group that he's hooked up with. Uh, yeah, there is a big exception to this, and this is the player. Okay. Um, he Got kind it. of, he inhabits a very interesting space in social circles, kind of breaks the rules, but he's really still playing by them. He just takes a more polarizing approach to it. So he has a different set of rules that he plays by. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, tell us a bit about him. What does that look uh, well, like exactly to be the the so-called player in a social circle. Yeah, so where someone who's uh, usually say the player guy hooking up with a lot of girls, and you see the top alpha guy being the more girlfriend oriented guy. So the guys who are in a very stable reputation standpoint, they usually get one or two hot girlfriends throughout their lifetime in that social circle. For instance, college, you know, their four years, they'll have one, two, maybe three attractive girlfriends, and that yeah. will give them a very level value. So if the girl's really hot, they're always going to stay at the top. Now, the downfall of this, obviously, is that they're only going to be fucking this one girl. The player, mm -hmm. on the other hand, he's always oscillating. Sometimes he'll be very popular, especially in times where he's getting a lot of pussy. He's, you know, screwing one or two girls a week. Uh, when he goes to a party, everyone's all over him. Girls are making out yeah. with him. He's slamming them against walls in front of everyone, not giving a fuck. And so he's, he's having a great time. Oh, having, yeah, having a ball. And so he spikes his value. But the problem with spiking is that it is going to go down. Either people are going to gossip, and so they're going to drag it down. It's a competitive tool. Uh, he's going to screw up. He's going to get rejected. He's going to look sloppy. He's going to make a mistake, or someone's going to try and take him down, either through a direct confrontation, which is rare, but it does happen, or a you know subtle background war of assimilation where they just gossip into him into a lower value role and to the point where so this is like within a social circle basically his reputation has built up in a bad way you'd say maybe in a, in a way that people don't like him as much but this also indirectly helps him right 
Yeah, yeah, okay. So, right. It's not necessarily bad. Bad and good are... Irrelative. Yeah, they're inaccurate measures of reputation. I don't think there's a such thing as good reputation and bad reputation. Remember, it's just a practical tool. So if your goal is to just sleep with a lot of women, well, you're not going to mind all the shit talking in the background. You're not going to mind the girls who reject you because they're afraid of who they might be seen as if they do go home with you. So yeah, it's, awesome. <laughs> yeah, it, it's polarizing. Yeah. That's, that's what it is. And then the guy who takes the more girlfriend approach, these are usually guys who are more traditional valued, but they still have those social skills. So they're reaping the rewards, but they don't have the, I guess I want my cake and I want to eat it too mindset that the player has. The player wants to be popular, but he also wants a lot of pussy. And unless you're a celebrity, these usually don't go hand in hand to the extent that one would want because as you find yourself becoming a very top level player you're getting a lot of girls but you're also losing a lot but this is part of the deal in that way you're actually truly playing a numbers game oh yes you are spiking the probabilities in both directions <laughs> well, that's pretty awesome well um within social circle everyone tends to you said uh, give value and that's kind of the the core basis of of what a social circle is and a place where you can all share and give to each other and make each other, I guess, uh, feels important. Mm -hmm. What are the kinds of value you can give in a social circle? Okay. Well, the value that you build for yourself, you get by shagging girls or having hot girlfriend, handling social situations with skill and ease. So you're showing your ability to adapt and survive in a social environment, being friendly with people and accomplishing cool things outside of that social circle, you know, non-social things like writing a book or starting a business. And so these, this is how you build your value and giving it to other people is as easy as being around them. You are this emblem of value and people, as long as you have friends who know about what you're doing and they see you going home with women or talking to cool people, you build this value. And so those around you are associated with you. And the closer they are in proximity, the more of that value you're getting. Your best friend, if you're a really high value guy who gets a lot of girls, who does a lot of cool things, who has a really just outstanding life, your close friends are going to absorb that because they're in your radius. They're going to get your vibe. They're going to get your, they're going to feed off your fundamentals and they're just going to be associated with you. So men and women alike are going to see this situation where you guys are in a room and you're all hanging out together and they're like, that's the cool group. It's like the cool table at yeah, high yeah, school yeah. lunch. And then, you know, everyone's wondering how you got there and who you are and they want to get to know you even more just because you have all that attention going on around you. Exactly. It's just a pool of value. There's so much there. And then how do you, you know, if, if you're the guy receiving all that, that attention from people, how do you siphon it back to, and build your value directly? Well, yeah, you use it. Like I said, it's a tool. So you have this value. And so people are drawn to you. Well, you're going to get girls who are introducing themselves or being introduced to you. Or even if you just walk up to them, they already know who you are. You know, many times at parties, I would walk up to girls and I say, hey, I'm Hector. And they're like, yeah, yeah, I've heard about you. You know, sometimes it'd be a good thing. Sometimes it wouldn't be such a good thing. But it opens doors. So a hot girl at a party that you've never met before, but because you're well known, she knows of you or maybe even intimate details about you. And when you meet her, all of those images and history that have been built up in her mind about you come to the forefront. 
And if they're good, she's going to be giving you a lot of attention. She's going to be giving you, she's going to be touching you a lot. And she's going to be much more receptive to your charms. And so to capitalize on it, well, you shag her. Or you at least be seen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, put your dick in her, man. It's very simple. Or you at least yeah, just be seen <laughs> with her. Being seen with a hot girl and her receiving you well is is very valuable. But the highest value you can get from women is obviously having sex with them. And then people are going to hear about it because women talk. Of course. And then, you know, you were also talking about pre-selection. So you, you have all these hot women that you're hanging around. Or, and you, you're seen with them. And so... Both men and women, I guess, gossip that, you know, into your reputation and build your reputation in that way. Like, oh, hey, there's Hector and he's hanging out with another hot girl again. Makes girls kind of curious, I bet. Very. I'm not a very mysterious person myself. I'm very upfront about everything. But the situations that I'm in, that's what begs the mystery. They see me walking into a party and literally everybody knows me. But this one girl has kind of been on the outskirts of my social circle. I just, for some reason, never came in contact with her. But she sees this, and this fantasy just starts going off in her head. And she starts wondering, who are you? Why are you dressed this way? What have you done to get to this level? You must have something interesting about you. I'm interested. She might not know exactly. Now your reputation is going to give her some hints as to who you are. And so the more well-known you are, the more clear she's going to be about what she can right, expect right. from you. Uh-huh. But nonetheless, gossip is just gossip. It doesn't come close to the person themselves. So in the end, she's going to be interested enough if you have some value to actually go up to you and talk to you or be receptive to you going yes. up to her. So here your reputation is already doing half the work for you. Because when you actually approach her, she already has a, a bit of an image in her head about what you might be like or who you are and what you stand for. And then I guess the rest is really up to you to kind of prove it to her and lead her along to your to wherever you take it. Right. Reputation is precedent. Very simple. And so you're either going to reinforce that precedent. She's going to say, I expected this from him and that's what I got. You're going to either destroy it. She's going to say, I expected him to be this charming smooth guy but he was just this drunk idiot who just slobbered all over me or you can (laughs) build it even better she can say i heard he was amazing but oh my god he was 10 times better than that and so it's it's a constant uh your image is always fluctuating interesting and the psyche is reputation to your advantage i guess um what about you know like a way of being it seems that most popular guys are generally have a pretty chill persona that they kind of carry around Yes. Chill is the name of the game. <laughs> it's... Yeah, so what does that mean exactly? What is chill, you know, in terms of social circle, in terms of going out, in terms of meeting women in your social circle? How do you be chill? It's being fun to be around. It's being relaxed, always having a smile on your face, flirting, touching, conversing. You always have your arm around a girl or you're always hitting a buddy on the chest or, you know, scratching his hair and just kind of being nice to everybody or just having a smile on your face. I mean... Many of the times when I was at fraternity parties, I would just sometimes just be in the corner just by myself because I'm an only child and I'm very used to being alone. But because I'm comfortable while I'm doing it, it's seen as attractive. And then I have all this reputation built up around me and they're like, why is this super popular, charming guy just hanging out in the corner by himself? And all of these questions start stirring in her mind. So can you talk a little bit about those questions? Sure. So let's say you have a reputation for the one I'm most familiar with is being a player, you know, always chatting up girls. 
But then if you're kind of just sitting there by yourself, she's going to wonder, okay, is he just not attracted to any of these girls? Oh, and that makes her interested and kind of have to suck up to you already. If you look a little upset, then maybe she's going to think, oh, he's been getting rejected by a lot of girls. Maybe he's not this big player that everyone makes him out to be. But then if he is talking to girls, you're like, oh, that's Hector doing his thing. Okay, I'm attracted. Or possibly, okay, his reputation's a little bit too risky. I'm attracted, but I don't think I'm going to go home with him because I'm just going to be the nth girl that he talked to tonight and the one who finally said yes. So This is also its own polarity there. Exactly, like I said. You're doing. It's a big polarity. And like I said, there's a reputation that isn't so polarizing and that's the really attractive cool guy that has a girlfriend and he's going to get tons of attention and he's going to have a higher ceiling of reputation than the player probably but the problem is he can't capitalize on any of it right yeah because he's with the girlfriend so <laughs> exactly so you're kind of locked in there and that's yeah the trap of being liked for the sake of being liked it's great everyone likes you but you can't really do much about it. But me, the guy who stays kind of single all the time, sure, I have some of my bad nights, but when I have my good nights, I can actually do something about it. I don't have to go home to the same girl every night. Yeah, which is something that some of us strive for, of course. Now, you also mentioned, you know, to be chill, a girl builds up this reputation in her head about you, what you're supposed to be like. And if you show up as chill, then you kind of also meet her expectations and or maybe even exceed them in a way. Whereas... If in a different way of being, if you're not chill, like you were saying, if you might be upset or having a bad night, then what you're really doing is kind of breaking her image of you there in person, kind of making her question, you know, is this really the guy that I thought he was? Wouldn't you say that there's also ways of doing this that aren't so extroverted or like, you know, more subtle? Could you clarify? I mean, like, uh, well, one way is with a reputation, you're automatically popular and you see some very extroverted, you know, loud kind of chill guys, kind of the life of the party types. And there's also the people that are a little bit more on the quieter side that are popular. But uh, I was wondering if you maybe describe those personalities a little bit. Oh, yeah, sure. Okay. I had a few friends who were like this. So one of my best friends, actually, he was very successful with women when he was in my fraternity. And... He definitely had a much classier, relaxed attitude about life and women. Very traditional guy. Whereas I was off the walls, you know, I'm making out with five girls in one night. He's more laid back, talk to people, kind of let girls slowly gravitate towards him. And then kind of very lightly talk to them and slowly build up this intrigue and this attraction. And then... Very discreetly, you just notice that he and the girl are no longer in the room and you're like, where the hell do they go? So he, how he kind of moves around a room and he's the guy who I wrote the slow burn article about, it was my second article on Girls Chase, if you want to check it out. Right. How, <laughs> yeah, yeah, how his reputation would kind of reverberate depending on his interactions with the women. Women would come to a party and they would have an idea about him because even if you're really discreet and even if you're really nonchalant, people are still going to find out about you. Girls would tell me all the time like, oh, I heard he's a player, blah, blah, blah. But he was much more low key about it. But nonetheless, he's still getting a reputation. So women coming into the scene, they already had 
that's all they do is talk. They talk to each other 24-7. So they come into social situations yeah. with just mounds of ammunition and intel <laughs> on the battleground, basically. The social circle is a big old battleground, too. It's another way of thinking about it. And so they come in with all this say, information. Yeah, it's more of a, more of a long-term battleground, I'd say, right? Like, uh, it's over a period of a long time since you'll be seeing these same people over and over again. Yes, it's a very drawn-out campaign. So they come, they come into the party, for instance, and they see my buddy just kind of sitting there. And they say, okay, you know, I've heard some things about him. He's had a few positions in the fraternity, so he obviously has some leadership skills, attractive. He's an attractive guy, kind of tall, good shape, dressed very well, seems relaxed. Okay, everything's kind of adding up. And so they go up to him, and they start having a conversation, or at least conversation with someone in the group with him. And then at some point... He's either going to make a comment her way or she's going to make a comment his way. And so she's going to keep kind of testing, seeing, is this the guy that all of the rumors are saying he is? And hmm. if he at any point breaks character, if he gets a little bit too excited or if he seems a little bit too into it, too enthusiastic, because that's not usually his personality, they're going to say, okay, what's up with that? Is he just really drunk? Is he really high? That could be it. You know, girls are understanding. I mean, in their screening of men, they're ruthless, but they're a bit understanding. So they're going to say, okay, right. you know, what's going on with him? And they're going to they're gonna say, okay, let me ask him another question. Let me see how he responds to that. Let me touch him. Let me see if... Let me see if he gets a little bit excited. Okay, no, he's just, he's relaxed, you know. Oh, he's got his arm around me. When did that happen? Okay, I like this. Now I'm close to him. Okay, you know, he's playing this cool. He's asking me questions about myself, but he's not sounding like he's too thirsty. Okay, it seems like he's really what people say he is. And then... So genuine, in other words, like authentic. He's authentic. He's keeping up with his image. Now, you either want to keep your image... If it's where you want it to be, or you're going to try and excel it. And when you try to excel it, you're risking things. You're coming out of character. So let's say he's known to be a very, uh, let's go watch a movie kind of guy instead of me, where I was like, hey, I want to take you to my room and stick my dick in your mouth. He's going to say to her something much more indirect. But let's say he's feeling really drunk. He's kind of in a really good mood and he just... He's been hanging out with me maybe a little bit too much. And he looks at her and he says something very sexually direct. She's going to go, okay, that's a bit out of character. What made him say that? Now, if I'm around and I'm saying all this stuff, she's going to say, okay, is he following his lead? Or is he just being like him because they're best friends? Why why is he acting this way? And she's going to... Basically ask herself, is it an act or is that just another part of his personality? If it's another part of his personality, then it's attractive because it's like, oh, wow, he's this smooth, suave, James Bond kind of character, but he's also got this ribald edge to him. Okay, I like that. And then they're going to become even more attracted. But if she sees it as him kind of trying to play more my game or he's just, you know, kind of fucking around with her she could see it as him just teasing her and just playing with her mm, yeah so taking it more as like a rude yeah. a rude kind of act by him even though it might not be exactly or just getting offended you know taking it personally and she might auto reject she might just say you know what 
He's not the guy I thought he was. I'm really not about this. There's too much risk involved. You know, if I sleep with him, I might have gone on bad intel, basically. I would have gone into a situation with some really skewed information, and I need to give this guy a little bit more time to figure out if I really want to be with him or just flat out reject him. And it could take a year for him to completely rebuild his image in her mind. Right. And this brings up a really good point, which is, again, going back to reputation, that when you build up the reputation and when you have it, it's also kind of key to maintain it and stick to it in a genuine and authentic way, right? So, like you're kind of saying, you have the reputation as maybe a popular guy or a loud guy, or, or maybe you're the opposite. You're kind of like a smooth, suave, but still popular guy. And you really want to stick with that reputation, it seems, to gain like the best overall picture and the best, uh, best popularity, maybe, so to speak, best results. Definitely. You want to stay congruent. Now, the... Uh, Congruency, exactly. That's a good way to put it. The exception to this is when you want to improve. And so this is something that I saw over my college career. I went from having a girlfriend, but being very outgoing, very flirty to then being single and then capitalizing on this fun, flirty reputation I had built. And then it kind of went to the extreme where I was doing it a lot and I started to get this player reputation just a little bit. Then I got a girlfriend and that went on for a while and it kind of reset my reputation. And then we broke up and I went back to the playing the field and it got even more prolific because I was a little bit better. I was a little smoother. And I had built up that okay. cool reputation by having that second very beautiful girlfriend who was on campus whereas the first girlfriend she was hmm. long distance so oh, okay instead of playing the mystery fun outgoing guy then i became the all right we know what this guy's about he gets hot girls and he knows a lot of people then i capitalized on the reputation and started sleeping with a lot of women then people started saying oh wow he is a playboy and it spiked it <laughs> It spiked my reputation, making yeah, me po more sure, polarizing. You're like probably polarizing everybody, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Incredible. And so people don't like to see other people succeed and take what they want. And so since everyone saw me getting all the girls, the shit talking starts, the gossip starts, the rumors start. But this is me trying to improve. This is me talking to a lot of women, sleeping with a lot of women, because I'm really trying to understand how women think and seeing what works and what doesn't. And so I'm putting my reputation at risk by going overboard with all this flirting and sleeping around. Mm. But that's yeah. the risk you take when you want to become better. When someone says, all right, I'm going for the going for the crown. Well, you got to risk everything. So it's, uh, in my mind, a risk worth taking, but you must understand that your reputation is always fluctuating. And if you're not keeping it congruent, it's either going to go down or up. Yeah, and I guess that's another, you know, we talked about cold approach versus social circle just a little while ago. Maybe one of the key things is, uh, at least I've seen on Girls Chase, where it's recommended to only do practice and really self-improvement and seduction in cold approach, simply to avoid the negative aspects of gaining a bad reputation, especially in a group where you'll be seeing each other for a very long period of time. Yeah, that's possible when you're in a uh, bigger city. Or, yeah. uh, you know, slightly. It's not always possible. Right. And yeah. it, it, in my situation, it really wasn't. So I yeah. just had to say, you know, fuck it. I'm going to put everything on the line and see how much I can do. And it was risky yeah. and there was a lot of downs. But overall, it was uh, an investment worth was, going into. 
it seems like it was a lot of fun too, I'm sure, <laughs> you know, and you got great stories, great memories, great experiences from that. Oh yeah. I got a whole book's worth that I'm working on right now. Oh yeah. What's your book going to be called? Uh, I'm still deciding on the exact title, but it's going to be something along the lines of King of College. And I'm just going to teach guys how to climb the ranks and wear that imaginary little crown. Wow. That's really cool, Hector. I'm looking really looking forward to that. Thank you. Anyway, jumping back onto Social Circle, uh, you know, one thing we didn't really cover, we've talked a lot about mindsets and reputation, but uh, what about like, you know, your physical being? I know you had said before when a girl might be hanging out with the popular guy in the group, you know, he might have his hand around her like it's no big deal or, you know, might be touching her legs or her thigh or just be really physical in general. Why is this so important in Social Circle? In terms of game, touch is probably the strongest thing. It's better than words. It says much more. It's a communication that you want to be touched. Because if someone doesn't want to be touched, they're either going to grab your hand and move it away, or they're going to get kind of awkward and leave the situation. But if you see a guy touching everybody, slapping people on the back, I mean, even sack tapping them, you know, hitting your friends in the nuts touching girls on their shoulders, grabbing their asses, touching their boobs, you know, slapping their stomach, putting your hands in their mouth. Like, oh, there is, the limits are, <laughs> there's a lot you can do with touch. And people are seeing this and that says more than any verbal game that you could conjure. The smoothest, most intellectual, charming thing you could come up with verbally has nothing on touch. Touch everybody. Touch yeah your friends, touch all the girls. And I mean, you're going to find out what's appropriate and what's not by their reactions, but it is so reflective of your level of success with women and success with male friends. Because the guy who's kind of sitting alone or not revolving around to a lot of groups during a party situation and not really shaking a lot of hands, not you know, holding a lot of people's shoulders or, you know, touching people at all, you know that he's not extending himself. He's not giving value. Touch is right, right. a nonverbal way of giving value because humans crave intimacy. We want to be touched. And so the guy exactly. who's touching everybody, he's giving value to everybody and everyone wants to be around the guy who's giving value. Yeah. And you're also showing your warmth and, you know, how open and open you are and everybody how welcoming and loving i suppose yes Which, it know, makes you very approachable this, you know they kind of want the same thing very very cool so anyway i mean you, you talked a little bit about you know how you got started in in girls chase and when you were in college like what did you notice about the social circle scene or you know in college how do guys really strive to improve over there most in of them such don't a small environment too where you have <laughs> reputations to worry about yeah, most of them don't. Most men that I've seen, the guys who started off at the top usually stayed at the top. The guys who start off at the bottom usually stayed in the bottom. Very few men tried to rise above their caste. But you also think that this is one of the best areas where a guy can really learn how to be to be good in social circle, to be good at seduction. Yes, every facet of socializing and seduction can be found in a room with a bunch of people. Yeah. And college being, you'd say, the best, perhaps? In my mind, uh, I mean, the younger you get started, the better. If I could have started sleeping with girls at 13, 14, that would have made my life a lot easier. But 18 was pretty good. So that reinforced 
a lot of my ideologies about women and men because I got started early on. It, it, it implanted them into my consciousness very early. And so when people are, particularly men, are still developing, whereas women kind of get most of their social acuity by the time they're in their teens, early 20s, men are right. still growing well into their 30s and 40s. So by starting that growth at 18, it's very healthy. Even if you don't do a great job in college, going to college itself and being just surrounded by that stimuli because everyone's, everyone's budding. Everyone's kind of becoming the people that they're going to be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're all growing, you know, becoming more experienced in life and also really experimenting with uh, a lot in college, uh, most women and men. So yeah, go to college. <laughs> Get a degree. <laughs> yeah, very cool. Well, um, you know, for all the college kids out there, what do you recommend, you know, like to, to get better in social circle in college? What should guys do? If you really want to take the most difficult but rewarding path, go to a small school. But if you want the probably best situation, I probably just say that because I went to a small school and I learned a lot. But my recommendation to most guys would be go to as big of a school as you can, the biggest party school with the hottest girls. Straight up. Unless you're desired profession is very determined by the school that you went to and those are actually very few you know doctor lawyer those very traditional yeah. career paths go to your good school if you have to but if you can go to the biggest party school you can and just yeah you will have an unlimited field play interesting yeah it really can grow in that way what about you know after college i, I know you have experience you know in clubs and what is that like how is that different yeah, so I started working at a college bar in my town, and so that gave me a little bartending experience. And then I had uh, I spent a summer in a resort-like area working at a club club, you know, where there's actually levels to it. There's like five bars within the one club. Right. That is – it's a pretty good replication of college. You know, just huge parties – with so many different variables going on, so many different types of people, so many uh, social situations that you could never conjure up in your imagination. <laughs> you want volume. That's how you learn. You just need as many situations as possible. And so going to a club is going to give you a lot of that. It's going to give you dynamic situations that you might not find doing day game. In day game, you're very rarely going to run into a girlfriend and a boyfriend unless you decide to approach a girl right. who's walking with a guy. But in a club, you walk up to a girl, her boyfriend wasn't standing there five, uh, you know, when you walked up, but five seconds later comes up. How do you handle that? Well, you learn by putting yourself in this situation. And so clubs, a lot of people, a lot of experience. And I definitely recommend people spend time in clubs and in bars building up their, their experience with a multitude of situations. Right. And maybe even the better way to experience this is to work at the club or work at a bar even behind the counter, perhaps. Yes. You get to see all that action firsthand. For many reasons, you should work in the nightlife industry. Be standing behind the bar gives you the position of authority. Women love authority. You also have a certain perimeter of movement. Where you're in a club, there's a lot of places you could be standing that might be seen as awkward. They might be too crowded for you to really fully express your body language. You know, you can't be bigger. But when you're behind a bar, you have your, your little kingdom. And so that ease and that comfort and the authority that comes with 
working in an environment that you're also very familiar with. You're there every day. You don't feel nervous when you're there. But with a guy goes to a club for the first time, he's pretty nervous. But the guy working there, right, right. comfort, authority, all these things are very attractive to women. And so you can build up a lot of positive experiences in bars. And this will help you even when you go to other nightlife venues. The people in the nightlife industry, in my experience, rank among the highest in terms of social acuity. They're very quick, very witty. They're usually prolific lovers. The women are razor sharp. Their wit is out of this world. They're usually very attractive because they get hired for their looks. The men too, for the most part, get hired for their looks. And they're not going to hire an awkward dude to be a bartender. So you're going to get already experienced people in the nightlife industry, or they're going to get experienced very fast. You could be a relative social noob, but have a good connection, get a job at a nightclub as a bartender. You will grow much faster, exponentially faster than most guys ever could. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Well, thank you so much, Hector. That's going to be a wrap for us tonight. And uh, again, look out for Hector's articles on Girls Chase. He's been around for quite some time and writes some very insightful things about college and about social circle, amongst other topics as well. Thank you so much, Hector, for being part of this. You're very welcome. All right. Thanks for listening, and stay tuned for the next episode of the Girls Chase podcast in about a month's time. Until then, I'm Varun Raja, signing out. Thank you.